This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. It's time. Time for silver and black today. To the ground game. Touchdown Las Vegas. We're breaking down the latest Raider news from on and off the field and bringing you conversations with newsmakers and record breakers. So hold on, Raider Nation. It's time to get it on. Here's your host, Scott Goldbranson and Mo Moulton. Hey, Raider Nation. Welcome back. Silver and Black today, an Odyssey original podcast. We talk nothing but Las Vegas Raiders Football, Mo Moten, Scott Branson uh, with you as always. Mo is the national NFL writer for Bleacher Report. He's also the columnist covering the Raiders for sportsnot.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Mo Moten, M-O-E-M-O-T-O-N. I am at LV Gully. We appreciate you guys being here. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your audio podcasts. Hey, just go find us, subscribe, put on the auto download and we appreciate you very much. If you're watching us on the YouTube, make sure you hit subscription and the notification bell as well. Well, Mo, you are with us. You weren't with us on the post game on Sunday after the, I called it the Raiders revelation. People are calling it the miracle in the desert. People are calling it uh, the, the revenge for the tuck rule, whatever you want to call it. Just an incredible ending to a game where it appeared that the Raiders would again, well, they did blow another double-digit lead, but they come back late after the offense sleeps the entire second half, 
Derek Carr leads them on a drive, ties the game with 32 seconds left. And then, of course, we saw what happened uh, with the Patriots and, of course, the Chandler Jones interception. I call it that because uh, I still can't believe that Jacoby Myers did what he did. Uh, But nonetheless, let's talk about this game since we haven't had a chance to talk to you about it first. The ending, I said this to Murph the other night, Mo, and I think this is important because we're going to get into a lot of different issues because a lot of this game we need to talk about, and it's completely separate and and not as fun to talk about as the miracle that happened at the end of the game with the Raiders winning 30-24. to 24. Um, But I told Mo that most of all, I felt great for the fans on this one. Forget the football, forget how this boneheaded move by the Patriots, very un-Belichick-like, um, but the, that the fans were able to enjoy, to, 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 to snatch victory from the jaws of defeat and see their team win in a crazy play for once when usually the Raiders are on the other end of that. I don't care if people don't agree with me on this. I have a name for it. It's not going to make sense. It's oh. explain it. I'm calling it the Sloppy Joe Spectacular. <laughs> and why I say that is because if you look, if you've watched the game from beginning to, to end, it was a very sloppy game on both sides. The Raiders, yes. I believe, 13 penalties, which is the most penalties in a single game this season. The Patriots, as you just mentioned, very unbelichick like just mistakes, disjointed. I mean, their offense has been disjointed all season long because they have a defensive coordinator calling plays for their offense. <laughs> but that's a whole nother story, a whole nother segment for probably our sister podcast that covers the Patriots. But I will say that with the with a sloppy game as it was. The Raiders come out looking spectacular because Derek Carr throws that pass to Keelan Cole. There's some discrepancy. Was it a touchdown? Was it not? I'm not shedding any tears, especially for the Patriots, because as we know, the history between the Patriots and Raiders, there's a certain call that went against the Raiders that shouldn't have. (laughs) So we won't talk about that either. Oh, yeah. But Chandler Jones coming up with that, as you call it, interception. Technically, as you know, we all know it's a fumble recovery, but we'll go with interception, fumble recovery, slash, whatever. But it was, it was a spectacular heads-up play for Chandler Jones, who's a former Patriot. So he understands playing to the whistle, keeping your head up on a play, not giving up. Because if you look at the play, he actually missed the tackle on Ramondre Stevenson originally. He slips off of Ramondre Stevenson, who runs upfield, and then he stays with the play, stands in front of Mac Jones. Because on those laterals, a lot of times, players want to get the ball back to the quarterback so the quarterback can throw deep downfield. Him having the presence of mind, knowing that, stands in front of Mac Jones. Jacoby Myers makes the big mistake of <laughs> it backwards. He's there to pick up to pick up the pass and running in for a touchdown. There you go. It's the Sloppy Joe Spectacular, as I would call it. Sloppy Joe Spectacular. You heard it here first, Raider Nation. I know that's going to catch on. There'll be T-shirts because <laughs> Raider Nation loves their T-shirts. And I could just yeah. see a burger with like, or a bun <laughs> with Mac Jones kind of stuck in the middle of the bun as he's getting yeah. trucked by uh, yeah. by Chandler Jones. You, you can you can have a bun with Sloppy Joe in it, and you can have Chandler Jones smashing the bun into Mac Jones' face as he's you know getting pushed into the turf by the forty four yard line. Go. There's so many creative things you can do with that. There is, but uh, the the amazing thing about this was, I think everyone had the same reaction. It was like that just didn't happen. There's no way. You go down and you talk about it. They, 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 I saw the scrum with Jacoby Myers after the game and they asked him and he, he was very calm about it. He said, yeah, you know, I just made a mistake. No, it wasn't planned. Um, I just made the wrong choice. I was trying to make a play happen, which gets back to your point about being a very uncharacteristically 
uh, for a, for a um, Belichick team because mm-hmm. because those guys just don't do that. I mean, you're tied. You're not behind by six or seven, right? <laughs> you are tied. All you got to do is go down, and Stevenson makes a nice run, almost broke it for a touchdown, frankly. If he gets another block, maybe he does. Um, and so you go down, and you just you get to play, especially on the road. But this one, uh, it, it's one of those deals where we go back to the car drive, and I want to show that because I have the picture. You ready? The picture, and I got to take our, our graphic off of here, um, but you can see, Mo, you've seen this picture, right? Well, there it is. There's the toe just mm-hmm. in bounds. And I was, I was, I was blown away by this. And <clears throat> I know Raider fans uh, like to talk about the referees pro- almost more than their team sometimes. But um, in this case... You know, this was the right call. Now, they didn't make the right call because they made the right call. They made the right call because they couldn't find any evidence to overturn it. So the gentleman who got the call, the linesman that was on the side, and he's actually, if you're looking at this picture straight on, he's to the right of this picture or would have been the left of the players, the line judge, uh, got it right. And yes, it was close, but I couldn't believe how many national media, I couldn't believe how many folks that are Patriots fans were complaining that they got ripped off over the call. And now I understand some of the angles looked as though Cole didn't get his foot in, but it is remarkable, Mo, that not only did the Raiders get the correct call there and get the touchdown to tie the game, but then they get the crazy play to end it. That's so foreign to Raider Nation to have the ball bounce your way twice. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You know, I, I'm not one to complain about referees because, like I said, I, I said this while you were out sick. I said, if you look at every NFL game, every team has one play that they remember, multiple plays that they can remember to gripe about. Just not to go off tangent, but Sunday night, that Giants-Commanders game, the guy is literally hugging Curtis Samuel as he's in the end zone, and the refs don't call that in the final play. Now, people say you don't call that in the final play, but as the referee – that that's part of the broadcast said a foul is a foul. But anyway, you know, in in this case, as you said, they made the right call. Now, just like you, I watched from a television set where they show the overhead angle and it looks like Keelan Cole's toe is on the white line. But as you just showed the picture, you could see clearly see that his toe is in bounds. And I think it was Jonathan Vilma who pointed this out. He said, a lot of times they go by where, the, the receiver's foot kicks up. And when his foot kicked up, you didn't see any white, right? So if, if, if his foot kicked up and you saw white come mm-hmm. off the ground, that shows that his foot it was hit out of bounds line. But you didn't see that. It was all black. So yeah, it definitely the right call. So I am no Raider fans are going to have their conspiracy theories about the refs anyway, but in this case <laughs> they they did the right thing so there's nothing to complain about there. No, that that is true. Um but it's interesting because even when there's nothing to complain about people like to complain. And okay. and that's the one thing too. I mean, look, you look at this game, we're going to get into the particulars around how the game was played before the final play and before this play as well in just a minute in the second segment. But Mo, I I'm, I was blown away cuz we got on as you can imagine the chat was 
was going crazy in the post-game show. And I was just shocked at how many people got in there and all they could talk about was how bad the offense was, how bad Derek Carr was, how much the defense sucked, and all this stuff. And I'm and I and I kept saying to people, listen, we'll get to that here on this show because we're objective. We're gonna talk about the the good, the bad, and the ugly always here on Silver and Black today. But Enjoy the win. It was a crazy, it was one of the most exciting finishes in Raider history. It just was. I know it was just a regular season game in a down year, but it was still an amazing ending when you thought you were going to lose again. The Raiders come out and do this. It's really interesting because I sit back and I'm not trying to criticize anybody. Let me just be clear about that. I just don't understand your team just won and you're mad. Do you, do you get, is, is it just the, is it like PTSD? What is going on with Raider Nation that they're not even happy in a win? I, I want to be careful not to paint all fans with the same broad no. brush. Right. And I know you're not either, but I just want to make that clear for anyone listening for to say, oh, you, you guys are just, you know, bashing fans. And like, no, like, because there are a lot of fans that are, I was on Twitter after the game and there were a lot of fans absolutely ecstatic and happy. Yes. But I will yes. tell you that, the fans who are not happy with a Raiders win, they wanted the Raiders to lose out because they feel like it it's a better chance that the Raiders would draft a quarterback and replace Derek Carr. So I, yeah. I will tell you that most of the people not happy with that win on Sunday night are people who want Derek Carr gone. Mm. And like I said, the chain of reaction is if the Raiders had lost out or if they have a poor record, it increases the chances that they have a shot at drafting a top quarterback prospect and replacing Derek Carr. That's where the anger comes in. That's interesting because, uh, and and I believe you, uh, but I just, I I mean, look, as I told one viewer last night, I I chatted back, I typed in uh, during the break, I said, listen, enjoy tonight, go back to being angry tomorrow. (laughs) Just give it, give it a few hours. Like, like every, even when you're going through tough times in life, you know, things might not be going your way, whether you lost your job, you lost your girlfriend, you lost money, whatever it may be. You got to find joy at least a little bit, right? To keep yourself sane. And so yeah. I get what you're saying, and I don't disagree. I think it is about Carr. And in the third segment, we're going to get into the Derek Carr situation uh, based on last week. Since I was out with COVID, and thank you, my friend, obviously, for doing all those shows by yourself. We appreciate it. Did a great job, of course. Um, and and we'll talk about that because there were reports last week we got to get into, and also this game, what it might have had uh, any impact on that one as well. What about, though, this this game, too? I mean, you look at look at what the Raiders had uh, in front of them, right? They had to, they have to win out. They got to still win out for any chance of the playoffs, which, you know, again, very minute chance, but nonetheless, they go home. Um, and you had a lot of turmoil last week after the, the Rams loss. Um, and they didn't seem to come out with any more fire. They got Hunter Renfro back. They got Darren Waller back, but I didn't see any noticeable uptick in energy, I didn't see anything go backwards either. I didn't see like concerns. Well, boy, these guys are out there and they're just playing out the string and they've quit. Um, what do you take from that? Anything, Mo? I don't take anything from it. What I will say is, look, I know the offense didn't have its best day. I get that. I'm not going to praise the offense. As, uh, offense was excellent. What are you talking about? No. First of all, not to go into the nitty gritty details yet, but the offensive line played well in the first half. Pass protection broke down in the second half. Let's be mm-hmm. honest. Carr was inefficient, but when he had to come through, he did. By the way, he threw three touchdown passes. 
did well in the red zone this this time through a touchdown pass to Matt Collins in short distance. So there was that part. But I, I think what what it comes down to is when you bring back Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Let's remember they neither player has played, I believe, even eight games yet. Right. So I think they're still getting used to the system. I know fans don't want to hear that at this point in the season when you're three weeks out from it being over, but they missed a lot of time. They missed a lot of practice. <laughs> so you you gotta now Darren Waller came in, he contributed, scored had a touchdown. Hunter Renfro, not so much. He had a catch, I believe, and he returned punts. But my concern is not really about the energy. I, I think the Raiders offense had some issues with the Patriots. Give by the way, give credit to the Patriots defense. It's still yeah. a it's still a pretty good defense. By the right. way, Bill Belichick is a good defensive mind. He has his son calling plays. So typically the Patriots have a good defense. So you got to give them credit for that. The Raiders weren't going to run through them and score 35 points. I believe on this show, while you were out, I said, this is a 24-21 game. I didn't mm-hmm. expect it to be a high-scoring game. So I, I didn't expect a lot of points there. But if you want to talk about energy, I, I would probably go back and watch that. But I didn't notice any, as you said, I didn't notice an uptick where players are more juiced up for this or or a kind of a step back where players weren't into it because the remote chances of getting to the playoffs. Yeah, I just thought they played... If I'm going to criticize the Raiders, I just thought they played one of their sloppiest games and still came out on top, which is something to be positive about because, as you said, they blew another lead and they had to wind up coming back and, and, and winning the game. So, that again, that's why I call it the Sloppy Joe Spectacular because <laughs> though it was a super sloppy game for the Raiders, they come out looking spectacular because they get the W. That's right. Well, the super sloppy Joe spectacular <laughs> there you go i love all the alliteration in there with yes. the s's you know you're a yes. writer when you're alliterating to that effect yes yes uh well mo i don't understand why you would ever look for any positives i mean come on it's all about the negatives here man no but but i get you there i get you look it was a win and that's what i said last yeah. uh, la- the last show was i said a win is a win. Doesn't matter how it happens, it's still a W, right? But as you said, a lot of people don't want the W's because they think things are inevitable if the Raiders don't win. Really quick. Now, I put out a tweet on I think it was Friday or Saturday. I believe it was mm-hmm. Friday. I said there are four games left. What do you want to see most from the Raiders in these last four games? Now, a lot of people said, you know, I said aside from the obvious a win. A lot of people said they want to see consistency. They want to mm-hmm. see Josh Daniels hold mm-hmm. on to a big lead. They want to see Derek Carr prove why he deserves to stay. Uh, Chandler Jones continue to play at a high level. So they, some people wanted to see other players in the game, like Malcolm Kuntz, who blocked the punt, by the way. Yes, he did. And there were some people who said, I want to see the Raiders lose out. <laughs> they were they were a good, and I'm not saying a small percentage, they were a good portion of Raiders fans. Yeah. I want to see them lose out because... There are fans, not just Raider fans, but there are fans, period, who say, I'd rather a team be terribly bl- terribly bad and get a high draft pick than be mediocre in this middle ground purgatory where you're yes. picking 12 to 16 and you're kind of stuck in the middle. Just be bad, bottom out, get a top pick, and not restart, but refuel and reload. Mm-hmm. So I get it. Yeah. No, I get it, too, because if you, if you want to be uh, in the first round, uh, if you want to have a pick, you want it to be either high or really low, right? Because that's that means you're either uh, getting one of the top five players in the draft or you had a good year. So so I get that. All right, Mo, we're going to step aside real quick. When we come back, everybody, we're going to get into a little more of the ins and outs of this game. We're going to talk about the offense. We're going to talk about the defense, which I believe 
sorry, get mad at me, that most of you are wrong about the defense, and I'll tell you exactly why using some numbers when we come back uh, as well as talk about that. Merry Christmas week. As you can tell, I'm wearing my elf hat today. And don't forget, on Thursday, my annual, my <laughs> annual was the night before Raider Christmas. If you haven't heard them before, we might have to pull them out of the archives and put them up as a special podcast so you can hear all three of them. They change every year. I write them every year because that's how much I care for you. I want you to have a good Christmas. You don't celebrate Christmas? Doesn't matter. You can celebrate Twas the night before Raiders Christmas. But we're going to do that on Thursday. But to hear it, you got to download the podcast, so make sure you subscribe. When Mo and I return, we're going to get into the ins and outs of the game, talk a little about where the Raiders struggled, where they succeeded, and what we can learn from that. You're listening to Silver and Black Today. Excuse me, Silver and Black Today, Odyssey Original Podcast. Don't go anywhere. 